Oregon has officially become a fascist state. Mr. Reagan. Democrat Governor Kate Brown has ordered the Oregon State Police to round up all Republican senators at gunpoint. This is real. Let me just make one additional note here. This is my home state. This is this is the capital of my home state, Salem, Oregon, where I was raised for most of my youth. Governor Kate Brown held a press conference earlier this week, and whenever she was asked about the state police having been instructed to round up the Republicans and bring them uh, to the state capitol, she deflected. Uh, she knows that what she's doing is authoritarian, and she doesn't want to be on camera admitting to that. Typical smarmy politician. It comes to this, can the OSP, do their troopers have authority to place them under arrest, to put them in handcuffs? The Oregon State Police uh, Communications Director will be happy to answer your questions. They will be issuing some further information shortly. But make no mistake, the governor's office has released an official statement which says that they are, in fact, doing this. They are rounding up Republican politicians to force them uh, at gunpoint to come to the Capitol. It is an extraordinary move. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely. Um, but I would also argue that the challenges that we face as a state and a nation around tackling climate change also require extraordinary circumstances. Now, if you haven't uh, donated to my Patreon account uh, and you want to support the channel, please do so. I'm having a slight problem with one of my sponsors at the moment, and I do want to try to grow this channel. I'm going to start producing videos a lot more frequently. You're going to see a lot more coming this month. But all that costs a little bit of money because I have to hire editors uh, and, and stuff like that. So if you can contribute a dollar or two, that would be great. Uh, we have some tiers that uh, will give you things like this pen or this coffee mug. Uh, totally not worth what you're paying for them, uh, but, but it does help out my channel. All right, so what is going on in Oregon? The whole thing started a while back when the Democrat politicians in Oregon got an idea. Cap and trade. Now, I'll get into what that means later, but for now, just know it's environmental legislation aimed at combating catastrophic climate change, and it's extremely aggressive and potentially devastating to the Oregon economy. Now, at the moment, Republican voters in Oregon have no real state-level representation because leftists, uh, they don't just have a majority in the Oregon capital. They have a super, super majority. Uh, they have a super majority in both chambers of the Oregon legislature. This means that they can basically pass any legislation that they want without resistance. Um, I think in the Oregon Constitution, there's something about uh, taxes. You can't pass like tax hikes without a two-fifths vote or something like that. And the great thing about uh, a system in which you have two parties, right, is that you have two perspectives. And one party has to be convinced that the other party's right. And so they, they hold each other accountable for everyone in the state. So there's a kind of... Uh, moderation going on. You're, you're taking people from their extreme position and you're sort of drawing them in a little, to be a little bit more reasonable, a little bit softer uh, on the people that they're really not representing. But in this case, that's not happening. Republicans, pretty much on every issue, are just being ignored. And the hyper-left legislation is passing through uh, unrestricted. And, and trust me, Leftists in Oregon are crazy far left. For Republicans like me and my family, having zero representation in the state feels absurdly unjust. Why should the business practices of a farmer in McMinnville be dictated by officials elected by a bunch of non-binary graphic designers in Portland? Now, to be fair, I've looked at the polling, and cap-and-trade appears to be something that a slim majority of Oregonians want. Uh, however, 
they don't get to vote. They don't get to think about it, to listen to the pros and cons. They're not voting on a ballot measure here. The leftist politicians are just making it the law of the land, regardless of the impact on the citizens. So why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? It's because they wanted to pass a bill that, in the words of Governor Kate Brown, was, quote-unquote, historic. They are sacrificing the economic stability and growth of the state so that they can virtue signal. Because this new cap-and-trade regulation would be so aggressive and so destructive to the Oregon economy, the Republicans have insisted that the Oregon government turn the proposal into a ballot measure, turn the vote over to the people instead of just making it into law. It's a very big change to the Oregon economy, and such massive changes should probably not just be decided by a few legislators. Turning the vote over to the people is a reasonable proposal. The Republicans have also reportedly tried to make the regulation less severe in a variety of ways, but the Democrats have just been ignoring them, right? They got their super, super majority. Why even listen to the Republicans? Indeed, why show any respect to them at all? So this week, Democrats in Oregon have decided to just go ahead and vote through this legislation. But it's such a radical, irresponsible move that Republicans have decided not to cooperate. And this lack of cooperation, as it turns out, is like a genius move by a world-class chess master. The Oregon State Senate requires a minimum of 20 senators to be present to legally conduct business. This minimum requirement of members necessary, this is called a quorum. Great word, quorum. In Oregon, 12 of the state senators are Republicans, 18 are Democrats. That means that the Democrats need two Republicans present to pass any legislation. They just need to be physically present. So the Republicans in Oregon, they're just not showing up for work, <laughs> which is brilliant. Naturally, this has frustrated and infuriated Democrats who have decided to go full authoritarian dictatorship. The governor, Kate Brown, has ordered state police to round up all of these Republicans and physically force them back to work. Anticipating this, many Republicans have fled to sanctuary in Idaho. They are literally political refugees. Republican politicians in the state of Oregon are currently being hunted by Democrats. This is like the stuff you saw in the Soviet Union or like in North Korea. This is Completely crazy. Remarking about the governor's plan, one of the hunted senators, Brian Boquist from Dallas, said, and I quote, send bachelors and come heavily armed. <laughs> Basically, don't send anyone with a wife or children and bring lots and lots of guns. This is one badass politician. Thank you, sir, for standing up for your principles. He also said this. And you send the state police to get me, hell's coming to visit you personally. I love this guy so much. And this guy's actually from Dallas, which is where I was, that was the hospital I was born in, was in Dallas. All right, let's actually look into cap and trade. What is this and what does it mean for Oregon? According to Wikipedia, emissions trading, also known as cap and trade, is a market-based approach to controlling pollution by providing economic incentives for achieving results in the emissions of pollutants. A central authority, usually a government body, allocates or sells a limited number of permits to discharge specific quantities of a specific pollutant per time period. Polluters are required to hold permits in amount equal to their emissions. Polluters that want to increase their emissions must buy permits from others willing to sell them. Financial derivatives of permits can also be traded on a secondary markets. So, okay, what does this mean for Oregon? There are five basic reasons um, I could figure out why the cap and trade of carbon emissions is stupid. First of all, cap and trade increases the price of energy. The point of cap and trade is to raise the cost of fossil fuel emitting energy sources so much that people will actually turn to clean energy instead. 
It's the incentive of suffering. If I can inflict enough pain on you that you no longer want to engage in a certain behavior, you will change your behavior. The government is giving the people 50 lashes. They're waterboarding. They're putting their boot on the neck of the public. There are two ways to change public behavior. In this case, stop them emitting carbon. You can make the product or service they're buying prohibitively expensive, the boot on the neck technique, or you can make an alternative option cheaper and better. Putting crazy high taxes on cigarettes, for example, caused a lot of people to stop smoking. Uh, But the advent of the e-cigarette created a cleaner, better way to smoke. Technology drives a natural change in behavior, whilst prohibitive costs drives an artificial change. And you might say, well, who cares if the change is natural or artificial? Well, natural change treats the problem, whilst artificial change treats the symptoms. And when you only treat the symptoms of a problem, there may be a number of side effects from that treatment. And this brings us to our next issue, which is the same problem that we see with smokers. Though many people stopped smoking, those who could not quit ended up being forced to spend an exorbitant amount of money in taxes. Many of these people were already poor, and so it became effectively a poor tax. And this is precisely what happens with cap and trade. Cap and trade disproportionately affects the poor. Environmentalists will never tell you this, but by percentage of total income, poor people end up paying far more than the upper class whenever cap and trade regulations are enacted. And so you have yet another poor tax. Another issue with cap and trade is that this sort of legislation has very little overall effect on carbon emissions throughout the world. The acceleration of carbon emissions across the globe is driven by developing nations. Reductions in the U.S. and throughout Europe will have a negligible impact. Suppose the United States closed everything and ceased to exist on this day, May 13, 2015. No people, no cars, no industry, no utilities. Climate models tell us the result of this imaginary scenario in 50 years might be a few hundredths of a degree, an amount smaller than the amount by which the global temperature already bounces around from one month to the next. The impact would be so small as to be unattributable to regulations. Are you still saying that a a single country is going to have an imperceptible, maybe even an immeasurable impact? Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. The emissions globally are so large compared to what a country has or what a single project would have, you would be spitting in the ocean what you'd be doing. So if eliminating all emissions in the U.S. would have a negligible impact, what good does it do to regulate Oregon? It does zero good. And this brings me to my fourth problem. Businesses will leave Oregon. The only tangible effect that cap-and-trade will have will be to make things more expensive for Oregonians. It will cripple some Oregon businesses, and it will eventually lead to the destruction of the Oregon economy. Because of this, businesses will leave Oregon. Make no mistake, businesses will leave Oregon. The Oregon Democrats don't understand this. Democrat politicians always seem to think that local ties will force businesses to stay put. But that's not the way business owners think. If the cost to stay is too high and the benefits of moving are compelling enough, businesses will move. If Oregon businesses leave, the unemployment will rise. Homelessness will grow. Government programs will have to be expanded. Now you get less money in and more money out. You destroy your state economy. The final problem is that we may be wrong about climate change completely. Carbon dioxide may not be causing catastrophic climate change. 
Now, this is too big of a subject to get into here, but there is no consensus among scientists about the degree to which carbon alters the climate, nor whether or not we're headed toward what leftist politicians call an existential threat, a threat to our very existence. In fact, I don't remember ever hearing any scientist say this ever. It's people like Bill Nye, the entertainer and not at all science guy, who pushes this kind of hysteria. It's not real experts in the field. Real experts say things like this. Certainly there is some effect of humans on climate, and we have to try to find out what it is. All I would say is, first of all, we don't understand the details. It's probably much less than is generally claimed. There certainly is an enormous religion in which there are lots of true believers who think that climate change is evil and that we're going to run into big catastrophes if we don't do something drastic. And that's a sort of a belief system which exists, but I don't understand it, and I don't pretend to understand their motives. The fact is that carbon dioxide will increase. We will continue to burn oil and coal, and probably it does us good. The Earth will get greener as a result. So, cap and trade. It makes everything more expensive. It particularly hurts the poor. It doesn't actually do anything. It's just virtue signaling. It pushes businesses out, devastating the local economy. And it aims to solve a problem that may not even exist. And for those of you who think there is a noble motive in the case of these Democrat politicians in Oregon, listen to Kate Brown speaking here. She doesn't say that we need to pass this legislation because it'll help Oregonians, help Americans, or help the world. She says... It would be historic. It's extremely unfortunate. Today could have been a historic day for Oregon. House Bill 2020 was poised to come to the Senate floor. This bill uh, would be historic in terms of Oregon would be the second state in the entire nation to move forward on a comprehensive cap and invest strategy. It would have been historic for Oregon historic for the country, and frankly, historic for the world. She doesn't care if what she's doing is what's best for the people of Oregon. She cares about making history. She cares about showing all of her leftist friends what an eco-warrior she is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a self-indulgent politician who cares nothing about the people whom she represents. Look, the problem here is that climate change, like cultural Marxism, has become a religion on the left. There certainly is an enormous religion in which there are lots of true believers who think that climate change is evil and that we're going to run into big catastrophes if we don't do something drastic. Their faith is so strong in this myth that they're willing to do anything just to signal their virtue. They'll put their boot on the neck of the public, they'll tax the poor, they'll destroy the local economy. And now, Even more disturbingly, they're willing to enact a police state, invoke fascist tactics in order to force unwanted authoritarian-style legislation on the people of Oregon. If the average left-wing voter truly wants to see American fascism in America, turn your eyes away from Trump and the conservatives and turn your gaze toward the Democrats in Oregon. And to you crazy, radical leftists that are supposed to be anti-fascists, Look there. Look at the Democrats in Oregon. That's your enemy. Those are the fascists that you should be working to take down. Before I sign out, uh, have a look at these 12 men and women right here. These are great people. They're taking a stand for what's right. They are heroes in Oregon at the moment, and I, for one, applaud each and every one of them. I think all Americans should be inspired by your integrity and your principles.
All right, if you want to support this channel, make sure you hit up my Patreon page. The link is in the description. Well, that's it for me. If you like this episode, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe and hit that bell. And if you hate me, you're probably Governor Kate Brown. Well, Kate, I don't mean to be crude or unreasonable. We can be adults about this, and we can all agree. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> Look, I didn't invent that old adage. I just recognize its relevance in the case of your governorship. So come on, voters of Oregon, flush that brown down. Vote for somebody sensible next time. Please stop being so crazy. Good night. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket and let me have more control of my own destiny.